Next on BYU Sports Nation, that's my quarterback. All six of those guys on the roster, in fact. What's your confidence level in the whole group? The most important backup in BYU history, Blaine Fowler, tells us his confidence in the quarterbacks and who he thinks the backup will be. Plus, news that will forever change March Madness Bracketology. RPI, R-I-P. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, July 17th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Once again, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with QB3 in Studio B, Jerem Jordan. QB3. At least I made the team. You're on the roster. That's a good thing for me, given my athletic history. <laughs> to be on the roster, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Who will be QB3 for BYU football? One of the many things that we will discuss QB on today's show. QB3PO or something? We, yeah, we could create all kinds of things. It always has to go back to Star Wars, doesn't there it? There he is. Whoa! Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hey, speaking of movies, Jerem. Yeah. Didn't you recently take in a few in the cinema? In the cinema? In the cinema. As my, yeah, my mom, who grew up in Mexico, yeah, let's go to the cinema. I was like, sorry, what? The movie theater? Uh, excuse me? What are you even <laughs> saying, mother? <laughs> I saw War for the Planet of the Apes. So let's do a 12-second movie review. Okay. Hit it. There's a fantastic, emotional, intimate, smart finish to one of the sneaky best trilogies of the past. Count them. 15 years. If you like the first two movies at all, you'll really enjoy this one. That was in less than 12 seconds. Well, I got used to doing it in 10 seconds because they jumped the timer on me the other day for Spider-Man. Okay. So now I'm just doing it for like 9.3 seconds. Your 12-second movie review in 9.3 seconds from Jerem Jordan. On a scale of Jay Keeps to Jimmer Fredette, this movie is Curtis Brown. It's really good. Not the GOAT, but really good. Not the greatest of all time, but a really good one. Okay. It's Curtis Brown. There are only three movies in the Planet of the Apes Series? Well, well, no, in the trilogy recently. I don't care about movies in the 60s. (laughs) Unless it's Casablanca. I feel like there are about 12 different movies. Well, yeah, they were. They were terrible. I'm talking about these three that were done James Franco on. Uh, (laughs) That's the trilogy. Because it all starts with James Franco, right? Well, this is the prequel to how that gets to that point. Ah. Because those go beyond. This goes earlier. Did that movie make a lot of money? What movie are you talking about? The movie you just saw. I don't know. I don't care. I wonder. It, it beat, beat out Spider-Man for number one. It beat out Spider-Man for number one? Hey, Curtis Brown was the well, all-time in leading the, rusher. In, la- in the Spider-Man. last week, box office numbers, right? Yeah, Spider-Man week two versus War for the Planet of the Apes. I had one. no idea there was such an appeal for this new trilogy. Have you not War seen the, the first two? No. Are you serious? I am serious. Dude, they're good. They're really good. They're Curtis Brown good. <laughs> I trust that dude. Yes, Taysom, trust that dude. Okay. Are you upset yeah. with me right now? Well, I'm just a little surprised. These are really good movies. You'll get like we need to sit down and talk about all of the great movies that you're like, oh, you have to see this movie, and you'll be surprised at the ones that I haven't seen. You'll probably be angry with me. Okay, there are people that love the Bourne trilogy. I am one of them. I think this is like it hangs with the Bourne trilogy. Stop it. Yeah, I'm serious. Stop it. Don't, don't like 
I, I have a few friends who never saw the Lego movie because they thought it was for kids. I was like, what are you doing? The movie was made for adults. What are you doing? It's so funny. Like, just try it. Just try it. Just oh, watch man. the first one. If you don't like it, don't watch two and three. Don't worry about it. Wow. Really? The Planet of the Apes trilogy challenges Jason Bourne? Yes, it's good. I you, think we want, need to have an early like, poll question. You want, people. like, uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings for these? Yeah, Just I think we to, need to have a poll question on this I'll look these up while we do the other 12-second movie review. I know that wow. I know the first, like, four minutes were War for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> By the way, BYU 50 today continues in Italy and Hawaii. Just a note for all of you in Italy and Hawaii that want some BYU swag featuring pretty BYU cool. Sports Nation Swag in those boxes. That's pretty cool. Consult with Jonathan Tavernari and Eric Mika if you would like. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, you want some swag? You come to Italy, man. on what happens in Italy. They can probably tell you. When that picture pops up, they can probably help you out. <laughs> Are you there yet, Jerem? No, it's, I'm getting all three <laughs> movies. All three movies. <laughs> While Jerem looks up the ratings for the BYU Sports Nation movie review part of the show, let's get to the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Fred Warner. Federico, one of 51 different players on the Butkus Award watch list given annually to the nation's best linebacker. And this is a shock to nobody. Probably BYU's top NFL draft prospect entering the 2017 season. And that's good because is there a greater uh, preseason watch list or football name ever than Dick Butkus? I think not. Eric Mika scored seven points, eight rebounds in the final 17 minutes of the final Miami Heat Summer League game Saturday. He was DNP for days. We were on DNP watch with him. At least he got 17 minutes. He final started. Game. That's great. Seven points, eight boards. That's nice. It's not going to like make a huge splash, but it's nice. We will discuss coming up whether we think he'll make it to the G League formerly known as the D-League. The Brug Life. Jacob Brugman goes two for four with two runs batted in for the Oakland A's and a 7-3 victory as Oakland swept Cleveland yesterday. Bruggy still bringing it. Made another nice defensive play at the wall, robbing a, you know, what looked like an extra base hit. And Kelton Hirsch wins the Utah State Amateur, making him the 20th BYU golfer to win the event and third BYU golfer in a row to win. There have been some really good players that have won that tournament, so congratulations to... Mr. Kelton Hirsch, who defeated Braden Swap and previously his teammate Patrick Fishburn mm. to win the Utah State. Mm. P. It, Fish. The amateur. Ginger Quake goes down. Ginger Quake. To, Clay, to Kelton <laughs> Hirsch. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Quarterback quality. We are nine days away from the start of BYU football fall camp. Over that time, we will preview each and every position group for BYU football in the approaching 2017 season. You want to take your expertise and emotional investment to the next level with this BYU team? Then don't miss a show. Nine days away from camp and in the spirit of number nine, Jim McMahon, we are opening the topics with the entourage of BYU quarterbacks. The Twitter question, please, Jerem. How would you best describe your confidence level in the BYU QB situation? We're talking all the quarterbacks, Tanner Mangum and co. Use the hashtag BYUSN at our greenhaw. Very. I think we have seen enough of Tanner Mangum to know that he is a superb quarterback. I think we have pretty good backups, too. 
Well, that's the question, right? Who's the guy behind the clear starter, Tanner Mangum? And there are a number of guys on the roster. Bo Hodge, Coy Detmer, Cody Wilstead, Joe Critchlow. Then there's the Austin Kofensis situation. Is he going to play a different position? Maybe. He's receiver, good enough too, right? Safety. He's a, he's a really good athlete. One of the best uh, statistically quarterbacks that have ever come out of uh, the state of Utah. Here's, here's my – I'm not super concerned with Tanner Mangum, although let's address that. Number one playmaker on the team, only upperclassman of the quarterbacks. Uh, he's the guy with, that's obviously the starter. It's a new offense. It's not 2015. It's not Dr. Bob. It's not spread. It's pro style, under center, ball control. It's just a little different. So to assume that Tanner Mangum will just poof, snap into 2015 Tanner Mangum, I'm not sure I'm going to assume that initially. I, I'm going to give him like half the season to kind of see what he can do as a passer, as a leader. as a. The, the good thing, Jason Shepard made this point. This is the first offseason where Tanner Mangum knew he was the guy going into fall camp. He didn't know that his freshman year. He was a backup. Last year, it was Taysom Hill's team. Yeah, you want to know why he's focused in more so than he ever has been before? Because there's no question. Yeah, I would. He's I would, the guy. He should be. If he's not, there's a real issue. Um, my que- so there's my first question. Like, okay, I, Tanner Mangum's a good quarterback. Different offense, good quarterback should translate, hopefully. Who's the backup? I think it's Bo Hodge, but I'm not sure. Bo we- Hodge. Thank you, Brady Papinga. We need that answered in fall camp. We need to find out who the backup is. Yes, it matters because there's a pretty darn good chance that QB2 will make a start. Maybe even a few what? in the 2017 season, which ushers in our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since 2010, BYU has had a uh, has started a backup quarterback in 40% of its games. Let me explain. Huh? When the season starts, the game one starter, 40% of the time it's a different dude than that guy. Almost half, 40%. Almost half of the time in the last seven years? Yes. So, for example, Max Hall graduates, 2010. Riley Nelson starts, okay? Eventually, Jake Keep starts eight games. Riley Nelson's your season starter against Washington. He starts the first three or four games. Then he gets hurt. Obviously, Taysom Hill got hurt a bunch. And Tanner Mangum starts 12 games after the season and game one starter goes down. Not to mention Christian Stewart when Taysom Hill goes down in 2014. Started eight games. Taysom Hill was that guy, actually, as well as James Lark, in 2012. 40% is a really high number. So here's the point we're trying to make. A backup quarterback has a pretty decent shot at BYU at starting a game in a season. So it's like, okay, well, who's 40%. the backup? We are essentially asking, who's the guy that probably will start a game, or at least a few in 2017. Now, you hope not. You hope everything's great with Tanner Mangum, that he's healthy, that everything's fine. But we're saying you need a guy that's ready, J-I-C, just in case. And who is that guy? I think if BYU played Portland State today, it'd be Bo Hodge. But we'll see, man. We'll see in this offense. There's some talent behind him. One question I also have, I'll have it's pre-fall camp. All I have is questions. I don't have a lot of answers. Um, who's the guy after the guy? Not this year. I'm talking in the future. Ah, After Tanner yes. Mangum, who's the guy? Generally, we have an idea of who that is. Right now, we do not. We do not. Is it Cody Wilstead? Let's list the, the guys the once again. For like 2019? Tanner Mangum, the guy in 2017. Behind him, Bo Hodge, Coy Detmer. Yes, there is a Detmer in the running. Cody Wilstead, Austin Kofensis, Joe Critchlow, Tanner Young is a transfer senior. 
So there are some guys there, but no clear-cut heir apparent. Now, Young Tanner was on our graphic. Did he switch from receiver? Oh, Tanner Young? No, Young Tanner. Or young Tanner, sorry. It's QB. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So he was a receiver. Now he's a quarterback, apparently. There you but, go. But he might be, who knows, is he the scout squad guy? Like, is he going to be the starter? He's a senior this year, so no. No. Who's the guy it's behind Tanner's older brother, the guy? Yeah. 40% of the game since 2010, QB2 has been the man in charge. Dude. For BYU football. I, now, there's a high-profile recruit that BYU's trying to get. Maybe he's the guy. Well, it's interesting that 40% is the to number be a senior this year. that you bring up today, Jerem. Yeah. Because it's kind of a 40 type of day. Hit it! Countdown to the Viking. 40 days. 40 days away. I'm going to start a fast from now until the season. <laughs> but I'll eat at night. Like, it's not, it's not like the 20... It, it's a. It's not our cultural fast. It's other cultures' fast where they'll eat at night. They okay. During the day, you should fast from something. Pick something to fast from for forty. Days. I'll fast from the candle. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna. This isn't the movie. Yes, man. I'm, I don't have to say yes. How confident are you in the quarterback situation? I didn't hear your answer at to this. BYU. What do you think right now? I'm a little shaky, right? On the backup? After that statistic was presented. <laughs> Makes you nervous, right? Yes. 100% it does. And Makes I don't know. Makes me 40% I, nervous. I'm now intrigued even more so to watch what happens behind Tanner Mangum in the fall camp. Like, that, yeah. that might be, like, one of my top three storylines in all of fall camp. Because now I'm thinking, there's probably going to be another guy that starts besides Tanner Mangum. I, you hope not. 2013, Taysom Hill went the distance. Max Hall went the distance for most of his time. John Beck played in a ton of games his junior and senior year. Uh, you know, Jason Beck started a game. But he went a lot. That's the hope, that you stay, uh, you stay healthy. Obviously, Tanner Mangum's not going to be in as, as many reckless situations as Taysom as a runner. That was Taysom's strength. He was more injury-prone because he was in different situations, too. I'll tell you what I am confident in. Ty Detmer's ability to be ready when the season begins. Because if there is a guy that understands the backup role and how crucial, how vital it is, it's Ty Detmer. He'll have his guys ready. I just don't know who it's going to be, Yeah, which is a little unsettling, right? Yeah, and you figure that out. There's a lot of youth there. They're all freshmen or sophomores, the backups. How would you best describe your confidence level in the BYU quarterback situation? More of your responses coming up. Let's ask Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, what he thinks about the BYU quarterback situation from one through six and what Tanner Mangum is capable of in 2017. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Simulcast nationally on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation going right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. And when you respond, use the hashtag BYUSN. We will see your tweets. We have apps, BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can get a lot of on-demand content, uh, and a lot of which is going to start up here with football, which is going to be very cool. Uh, BYU TV, BYU Radio apps, they are free. Check them out. 
Jerem Jordan ready to deliver on what we were discussing at the very yeah. top of the show in terms of ratings for the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the newest one. Yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is pretty fair. That's a good one. Like, okay. they're critics and they're uh, fans. Fans, right? Yes. So, R- Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the first one, 8177. Okay. okay. Solid, right? Uh huh. Dawn, the second one, 9088. Whoa. And then this third one, it's early, it's just through the weekend, 9588. Wow. You see what I mean? Like, they're good. They're good movies, man. I'm not expecting much, and I'm kind of excited about that. Because yeah, then, ju- yeah, I'm telling you, just then go I watch like the it. first one, and then it gets even, it gets progressively even better. And I thought the first one was really good. Now, last I saw, we sent out a Twitter poll: the Born Identity or the Born Trilogy, I should say, is leading this competition between Planet of the Apes and Jason Bourne, eighty-five to fifteen percent. No, it's not everyone's cup of tea because you get scared by the fact that you've like heard about the old one or seen it. <laughs> But I like how many of those people have actually seen the trilogy? That's a good question. That's a good that's, question. That's my question. I'm surprised. Hey, those poll so question high. to that. <laughs> I don't need to you, win this poll. You took us. You took us I've to the Jason both. Bourne conversation. Care. They're both that good. Was, that was bold. What's better, a banana or an orange? How would oh, you best des- an orange? How would you best describe your confidence level in the BYU really quarterback that, like, situation? Skin stuff on there. Come on, man. <laughs> Our Twitter question today at Jake R. Kemp answering: BYU's backups are solid, good, not great, but it's not going to matter because Mangum's going to kill it and will be healthy all year long. We don't know Jack squat about the backups at BYU. We don't know hardly anything. 40% Bo, Bo Hodge has thrown 17 passes, and he's the most experienced guy. We don't know anything. 40% of the game since 2010, a guy other than the day one starter, has been underneath center for BYU football. It's a lot. It matters, people. And nobody knows it better than Blaine Fowler, who, as the backup, had to come in against Michigan in the pseudo-1984 National Championship contest for BYU football. Blaine stepping up once again in Studio B. All right, Blaine. The backup. As as the backup guy. Oh, good. I oop. thought you were going to ask me a trilogy question. Because no. I'm like, no. I, I don't know. know. Lord of the Rings. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Old I was like, Star Wars, Lord please of the don't Rings. go there with me. I, don't, I haven't seen either of those other we, ones. We will not go there. I can, two words. Wonder Woman. That's all I have to okay. say. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, please <laughs> make a trilogy there. there. Please make a trilogy. Yeah, because that, that's all I have they to say They are making a second one. I'm just saying Wonder Woman. Awesome. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. The movie was also great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> okay, now to, now to the quarterback. Okay, good. <laughs> clear clear the air with all that movie stuff. Why? Well, I guess we don't have to. <laughs> no, if we had Gal Gadot, she would be the starter. <laughs> she's she's she the number one seed. She would be the starter. She's the number one seed. In her invisible jet. She's oh, yeah. all-American. <laughs> she will womp on the other team. That's all I'm saying. How would you best describe your confidence level in the BYU quarterback situation, especially the guys behind the clear-cut starter, Tanner Mangum? It's not... I'm a little concerned, and it's not because those guys don't have talent. Because I think I think both Bo and Coy have the skill set that quarterbacks have had here over a long period of time. The difference is the change in offensive philosophy, which was so dramatic. I mean, it's a 180 change in what they're doing and what they're asking the quarterbacks to do. It's gone from a, hey, we're recruiting. Because Robert and I, and even Brandon before him, they had decided – that, that they were going to go with really athletic dual-threat guys. So that's what they recruited. And they tailored the offense to that. So Ty comes in and goes, no, that's not what we're doing. I mean, look at the, look at the guys they're recruiting right now that are coming into the program. The younger guys that are just coming back from missions, Will Stead and Critchlow, who transfer, who's going to transfer in after mission. These are drop-back classic NFL kind of quarterbacks. That's what Ty wants. 
in, in the in the past, it's been come to the line of scrimmage, run the play we called in the huddle, and just make, every play works against every defense, and we're going to run so many plays, we're going to wear them down so much that we're going to beat them to death with pace. Now Ty comes in and says, no, you're going to come up to the line of scrimmage, you're going to read the front, line of scrimmage. you're going to make a call. Make yeah, the call. Exactly. And so there's so much more the quarterback has to do mentally. If Bo and Coy were the same year in school that they are right now, but they've been running this offense since they came to school, I go, we have no problems. No problems at all. But they've spent so much time getting Taysom ready to play last year and Tanner ready a year later to play that the backups have not been able to get as many reps as you would normally want them to get or have as much experience as you'd normally want them to get. So I'm, I'm confident that, that both Bo, Bo and Coy can play. Now, one advantage Coy has is he ran the same offense in high school. So he understands a lot of this stuff. So from a mental perspective, he's really he's really ahead of the game. And then Bo, you know, Bo's been with his dad breaking down film and talking about defensive keys and reads and those kinds of things since he was in high school as well. So those two guys are probably more prepared from past experience than most kids coming in into a program. But they still haven't played very many reps and they've only been in this offense for a year. It makes me nervous. One of them really has to step up and fall and be the guy. Are you surprised by our stat today? Forty since twenty ten, forty percent of uh, BYU started a backup in forty percent of the games. That's pretty crazy, it, it, right? It's a lot, and and I think a lot of that um, is because of the style of offense and then the, the quarterback that's been playing in that style. So not only was it a high risk for quarterbacks offense from an injury perspective, but Taysom just took it to another level because he was going to leap over a guy at the goal line and get flipped over and put his arm down and dislocate his. I mean, he just. He, they really had a struggle getting him to get down and get out of bounds. It just wasn't his mentality. That's what I love about Taysom. So he was in a higher-risk offense, and he was just mentally a higher-risk player. That's just the way he played. Um, Jim McMahon was a high-risk mentality. He wasn't – I mean, he was going – even though he wasn't playing in a high-risk offense, he goes to Chicago Bears. He's diving headfirst and doing all kinds of things. No matter what they're telling him, that's what he's doing. Taysom's similar in that regard. But, but Jim in college – played in a much more uh, controlled environment in terms of the offense and how it protects the quarterback. So, so Tanner this year is playing in an offense with a veteran offensive line where Ty's going to make sure there's balance. I think that the running back core is deep, and so they can take some pressure off because teams are going to have to play the run. And then he's going to be in a drop-back situation where when he's running around, Tanner's mindset is going to be, I'm just trying to buy time to throw the ball downfield, not to run down the field and dive over the goal line for a touchdown. So I think his risk of injury is a lot lower, but quarterbacks, I mean, they're a target. And even when you're back there in the pocket, you're going to get smacked around. And at some point, your backup, even if it's only a few series, is going to have to play. So these guys have to get ready to go, and honestly, I'm concerned because I haven't seen them play. Now, I know both of these guys, very bright. Bo, big, strong, physical guy, very athletic. Coy, really good feet, gets the ball up on time, knows where he's supposed to go with the football. So they have the, the characteristics, characteristics that should make them good backups. We just haven't seen it under fire in a game, and so it's, it's hard to know, and they haven't been in this offense for three years. If you had to project a depth chart – on August 26th, when BYU takes on Portland State at quarterback, what order would you put it in? See, I, don't, I really don't know because I don't think Ty knows. And, and, if, and if he did, I think I'd have a better feeling about it. But I, I think he's on the backup thing. He's saying, you know what? You two are battling for the backup job. You're going to get equal reps early in camp. And somebody better emerge. And it's not just about um, 
making the right throws or the guy that can throw it the most or the guy that's most athletic. It's the guy that will do what he's supposed to do the highest percentage of the time, get the ball up on time to the right guys the highest percentage of the time, and who will build the trust of the team. Because a backup quarterback, the whole offense has to feel like, oh, if Bo comes into the game, that's not a problem. We're not going to have a drop-off yeah. if, if Coy comes in. So Ty's going to look for who – really has the leadership reins as a backup, and that's going to play a role in it. That's something that people don't think about. Who does the offense believe in after Tanner? Because they certainly believe in Tanner, but who's the next guy that they believe in the most? Because that's a big part of the success of that position. The incumbents, like you've talked about here, are Bo Hodge and Coy Detmer Jr. What about Cody Wilstead and Joe Critchlow? Do they have a chance at potentially being the two eventually? You'd think in game one it's probably going to be – if, if one of those guys has to play, it's big, big problem. Because as I mean, as the number two. Well, I, I don't know that they'd make. I don't know if they'd make that move until move until one of the others failed in a game situation. So it would be hard for him to move up okay. into that role. Um, Ty knows how hard it is to learn this, and there is such a jump in terms of speed from high school to college. I mean, first thing I noticed is in high school when you drop back to throw, a receiver comes off of his route and he's open. He's just going to get more open the longer he runs. So you can gather yourself up, and then you can lead him out in front, and and you're going to complete a ball. And then you come to college, and he comes off of his break. That's as open as he's going to be because the DBs are going to close from the second he makes his break. So if you don't get the ball up and you're not decisive, if you don't know where to go before the receiver makes his break and then get the ball out as he's making his break – you're going to throw a bunch of interceptions and have problems. The, the game speed and the closing speed at the college level is night and day different than high school, and it takes some time to figure that out. And, and practice is one thing. Then you get in a game and you go, whoa. And I, I remember, and we, we've talked about this before, the first couple of games I got in, and I'd been here a couple of years, I just remember it, it looked like this. And if you're on the radio, it's just like just bodies flying all over the place, and I don't know what <laughs> color's what, and I don't know where to go with it. And it just looks terrible out there. And then eventually – Everything slows down, and when, when things slow down to your eyes, things speed up physically. So you get the ball out on time because it's obvious of where you're going with it, and you get it out on the break in the right spot. And freshmen typically, no matter how talented and skilled they are, are not ready to make that adjustment. So if those guys have to play and they get out on the field, it's going to be a few games at least or more when everything's going to seem like things are flying around and nobody looks open. And, and what's open in college is way different than what's open in high school. So let's just hope they don't have to play. Let's hope those guys get a chance to develop the way they should and they're not forced into action. What is a realistic expectation for Tanner Mangum, given in 2015 he throws for over 3,000 yards in an entirely different spread offense, and then the little tidbit that we saw from him last year late in games against Southern Utah, UMass, and, of course, the bowl game against Wyoming. So – Looking at those two dynamics, it's hard to know what you're going to get. So what's a realistic expectation for Tanner Mangum? He's had long enough now as the guy. He should be really good. And so he has a phenomenal skill set. He can make all of the throws. He's got a great knack of being able to run around a little bit. He's athletic enough to make plays. But his completion percentage, to me, should be 65% plus this year. That's my expectation for a quarterback that's running this offense, 65% plus. I'd like to see his, his yards per attempt up closer to 10 yards per attempt out there. Um, he should be much more effective throwing the ball downfield. His decision-making is what's going to make the difference. He has the skill set, but now he's long enough in this O. And, and, and remember, 
He's got a veteran offensive line in front of him this year. He's got a good stable of running backs to take the pressure off of him. Um, I think Ty can put him in good situations to really complete a high percentage. So, so 65 to 70%. If he if he's not doing that, I'll be disappointed. And then if his touchdown to interception ratio isn't at least two to one, I would be very disappointed in, in him this season. So, um, and and I would think that he would want it better than that, maybe even two point five to one or three yeah. to one. Um, so I know those are pretty high expectations, but he's been here long enough. I know it's a new offense, but he's been in this offense for two springs and a fall now, and he'll have another fall under his belt. He's a very very skilled player. So I have really, really high expectations for Tanner. When there was a backup who became the starter and he knew he was the guy the next year, like Tanner Mangum finally has mm-hmm. with his junior season, maybe it was Robbie Bosco or somebody else or Steve or whatever. How, how it wasn't you, Robbie because we didn't know till after spring ball. Till after spring, right. okay. But he had the summer and everything. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of transformation did you see in some of those guys that maybe you're seeing in Tanner Mangum now? It, it's not so much a transformation. Well, well Tanner just – Kind of had to stay in the background because it was it was Taysom's team, and he and he did the right thing in doing that because he didn't create conflict, and that shows you maturity, right? But um, it's not so much what Tanner does differently is as soon as Taysom graduates, the whole team now takes their leadership focus of who they're looking to, and they go because they know who it is, and they go, okay, now this is Tanner's team, boy, we really hope he picks things up and takes the lead, and and he's done that over the summer, right? Right now, this last couple of weeks, they you know they have workouts with with new, but then they also have player run practices, PRPs, and when they're running player run practices, Tanner's in charge, and and everybody's looking to him to take charge and to do it. So the expectation from his teammates is, hey, this guy's now the guy, so he's going to step up. So it's it's not that hard when you're the heir apparent and they know that it's you and you're not battling. You step back to last year, um, or a little bit more than a year ago, and they didn't know, is it going to be Taysom or is it going to be Tanner? Is Taysom coming back? What's going on? There was a little bit of an internal struggle on the team to know who do we support, who do we look to. And then it became obvious that it was Taysom, and they turned their attention to Taysom. This year, there's none of that. They all know it's Tanner. And so that focus has been squarely on him, and I think he stepped up in a big way to take that leadership mantle. He's doing a great job. Every quarterback has a safety blanket, Blaine. Who is Tanner Mangum's safety blanket in 2017? Yeah, I don't, I don't know who that's going to be yet. That, that's, we've talked in, in the previous weeks. That's one of my positions of, ooh, who's going to be the guy is wide receiver. You know, and, and maybe it's not a wide receiver. A tight end. That, that maybe it's a tight end. Maybe it's Moroni. Um, you know, there, there have been times in the past when the go-to guy has been a tight end that can run down the field. For Max Hall – I know he had Austin Colley out there, but when it was, was third and seven and he needed a first down, who'd he throw the football Oh, Dennis to? Pitta. It was Dennis Pitta. Johnny Harleen before that. Johnny Harleen before that with John Beck. So a lot of times in this offense, the tight end becomes what I call the chain mover. Third and five, third and seven, clutch play, got to keep a dry out of the line. It replaces Taysom's legs. Yes. So who is that guy? It very well could be Moroni that's in that position that's a mismatch for people defensively that becomes the go-to guy. Um, or, or it could be one of the other tight ends. I really like the way the tight end core looks going into this. I have questions about the wide receiver core, not because they're not talented. I think they're deep and they'll be better this year. But I'm not sure who the go-to guy is yet. But, but it could be Moroni, and I expect him to be really, really big and a chain mover this fall. Blaine Fowler breaking down the quarterback situation at BYU for the 2017 season. As I mentioned at the top of the show, over the next nine days, we will preview each and every position group. If you want to be an expert, this is the place to be. BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, Blaine. You bet, guys.
Uncle B bringing it in studio B. How would you best describe your confidence level in the BYU quarterback situation at B Royal Blue Cook says very confident. O-line will protect Tanner Mangum, let him do his thing. Good backups to fill in gaps, give him needed breaks. A 9 out of 10. So it's uh War for the Planet of the Apes, Tanner Mangum? Is that what we're saying? Um <laughs> after the I will first respond weekend, after yeah. the break. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. We hungry. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on Brigham Young University Television. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you feel like it. We've previewed the quarterback position. All the guys, who's the backup potentially? We've discussed this. Blaine Fowler joined us as well. What he said about the transformation from a guy who's a backup to becoming a starter, a guy that was a backup for Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Robbie Bosco. He's seen what it takes to be a great quarterback as one of the backups vying for that spot. Great insight from Blaine Fowler. You can always download the podcast on a numerous uh, amount of ways. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Blaine Fowler attributed a specific number in terms of completion percentage for an expectation level for one Tanner Mangum. And it's high. Now, Tyler Magnum, I think the expectation is different for him than Tanner Mangum. I think we need to be clear about that. What percentage does Blaine Fowler expect Tanner Mangum to throw behind that offensive line this year? Download the podcast. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Fred Warner, one of 51 players on the Butkus Award watch list, given annually to the nation's best collegiate linebacker. Eric Mika scored seven points at eight rebounds in 17 minutes of play for the Provo fifth. No, just kidding. The Miami Heat summer league game Saturday. Good that he got into the game. Hopefully he can make it into the developmental league, which is now called the G League, as in Gatorade. Jacob Brugman in the big show goes two for four with two runs batted in for the Oakland A's. He has hit safely in five straight games, batting 250. His A's swept the Cleveland Indians after a 7-3 to win yesterday. He also made a nice defensive play. Hashtag the Brug life. Yeah, I think it was Willie Mays Hayes that hit it out to him, too. And Kelton Hirsch wins the Utah State Amateur, making him the 20th BYU golfer to win the event and third BYU golfer in a row to win. Well done. Wesley Snipes as a baseball player was a solid decision. Oh, and uh, Dennis Haysbert, <laughs> whose brother Adam played for BYU in 1984, caught the touchdown pass against Pitt to beat number three. There's a connection. Yeah, how about Major that? League and Blaine Fowler. People are like, who's Dennis Haysbert? He's the All-State guy. And he's the president in 24, in 24 the beginning, yes. the first few seasons. His brother, his brother caught the pass against Pittsburgh on BYU's 1984 National Championship team. Uh, maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't, but the NCAA Men's Basketball Selection Committee and Tournament have made some news in July of all months. In fact, we may be saying goodbye to our old friend, the RPI, Jerem. RPI, wizard. No more RPI? What is this all about? Well, not quite. After this year, it sounds like. One more year of Jerem's favorite metric in the history of college basketball. No, that's not true. It's your favorite. (laughs) It's... It's only my favorite because it's been relevant. Don't. Whether you like it or not, it's been a huge tool. Yeah, tool is the right word, Spencer. 
in calculating yeah. what teams get into the NCAA tournament. Stupid metric, and we finally figured it out not to use After 2018, so, not going to be an issue. So here's what the committee says they're going to value as a quality win, okay? Three different criteria here. Home wins over teams ranked 1 through 30. Oh, that makes we sense. We had none of those last year. Oh. Neutral wins over teams ranked 1 through 50. None for BYU last year. Road wins over teams ranked 1 through 75. Just Gonzaga. Oh, that was a great one. They BYU had one of the highest quality road wins of any team in the country yeah. last year with that win against uh, the Zags. So coming up this year, I don't think BYU has a top 30 home game neutral. BYU should hopefully have a couple and maybe Alabama. UMass. UMass was like Probably 175 the, last drop, year. So they'll drop not. off, yeah. We're talking in RPI. And then road wins over ranked teams 1 through 75. Plenty of opportunities there. Uh, Princeton, St. Mary's, Gonzaga. There'll be a, hopefully a few more, too. Okay, so, so, now, so there's a chance that BYU gets some quality wins. Because before it was just like against top 50, period. Against top 100, top. And then don't have bad losses, like 200 plus. BYU would always have like one or two of those. So in a way, RPI still matters because they're well, using RPI to rank these teams, right? Well, yes, they are. For this year, they're going to come up with a composite metric. They haven't figured out exactly what that is. Is it Ken Palm? Is it BPI? Is it... Probably a combination of all of that. Yeah, that's why it's composite. Um, So they're figuring out what that is. They're going to use a non-RPI metrics. Uh, Is it our friend Bracket uh, Matrix? Uh, Will he be or I think we think it's a he. Yeah, well, the New Jersey truck school factors into Bracket Matrix, okay? Like anybody that has a bracket goes into Bracket Matrix. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation would factor into Bracket Matrix if we did that on a weekly basis. Yeah, like Dallas Roberts, the girls who cut the hair, they could make a (laughs) bracket and they could show up there. That'd be amazing. But it it appears for now that RPI will be laid to rest after after this season. What? So long. How good are you? How good are how good am I? And how good are the people that we play? They have well, like when did they come up with this? And they're like, this is still good. They haven't had something good enough to replace it until oh, now. It's there. They just haven't figured out which ones <laughs> they want to pick. It's totally there. There's so many good metrics that you could use. They just haven't gotten around to figuring out which one they want to use. Is it going to be the super RPI? <laughs> Please. <laughs> RPI and BCS are like in the same convo. Don't tell me. Oh, what are your thoughts on the BYU quarterback situation? Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben from the Dutch national team. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Just your typical Monday show loaded with goodness. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast, if you missed any of what we've talked about over the first 44 minutes and change, airs at 6 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Let's say you've got an itch, and the only way to scratch it is to like watch BYU football because you're like, oh, fall camp's next week, but I can't wait. You can go to the BYU TV app. There are hundreds of games on demand. You can watch some classics. You can watch some recent games. Watch Tanner Mangum against Boise State. Like, whatever you want, go to the BYU TV app. And if we had rights to the game, it is on the app. I used to be of the opinion, how much am I really going to get by going back and watching a game from 20 years ago? It is incredible how much you forget. Oh, you just remember the ethereal 
big picture things. You don't remember little no, details. It's amazing how that for the most part factors into it. And yeah. so I would highly encourage all of you to go back and pick a few games. Randomly, Do it. It's just fun. It's fun to relive those emotions. How would you best describe your confidence level and the BYU quarterback situation for the approaching 2017 season? At TX Colonel with this tweet. To tell you the truth, the Wyoming bowl game made me nervous. Questionable decision making. All hype since then. I need to see elite. I, I'm telling you, there's kind of a, a growing period there for Tanner Mangum's a good quarterback. It's just a different offense. He just needs to get a little that's why Portland State's great to have. Also, it right was a downpour LSU. in San Diego. And you had Jamal Williams as the safety blanket in twenty sixteen. Well, there's a risk of rain in any game. Like when historically we don't go back a ton and go like, well, it was rainy that day. I'm just saying the odds were not with Tanner Mangum when when it's your start in the bowl game and it's pouring in San Diego. Decision-making is different than ball slipping out of your hand. Well. Decision-making is independent of weather. What are we talking about? The Hail Mary from the five-yard line? I th- well, I think the Wyoming game is what TX Colonel's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to think of like. And, and, and in the spring game. That was an issue in the spring game. Okay. I'm not right. worried about Tanner Mangum, but I can see where people are like, well, hold on a sec. Yeah, I get it. Let's just not stop. Let's just quiet let's the see, hype train Let's see fall bit. camp. Let's see Portland State. And then we're really going to see through LSU, Utah, Wisconsin. What you got? Hey, speaking of Tanner Mangum, let's play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Okay, we already chronicled that BYU has started the backup one of those guys in quite a few of BYU's games since 2010. That factors into number one. What's the chance Tanner Mangum starts all 14 games this season? Hard to put a percentage to this because it's hard to predict, nor do I want to. This is wood. Predict injury. There's real wood down here. Hold on. Okay. Okay. okay nice. Um, nice. I'll go like 78.9%. Blaine made a great point. This offense is more. Uh, Less injury prone, right? It's more uh, non-injury friendly. Not out in space, not running. You know, Tanner Mangum, different quarterback. I say chances are pretty high that he plays all 14, starts all 14 this question. I'm going to go 60% because 40% of the time <laughs> has been a guy. It works not every time. Starter, starting for BYU. So 60%. Don't be shocked to see Coy Detmer or Bo Hodge out there underneath center, just because that's the way football is. Modern-day gladiators, they get hurt. And I know that the offense is more catered to protecting the quarterback, but as Blaine said, he is a target. I say 60%. 60% Tanner Mangum starts all 14 games. Oh, Hodge, warm up that arm versus those Mountain West teams. Yeah, back out. get it going, man. <laughs> Number two. What's the chance two different BYU QBs throw multiple TD passes this season? 10,000%. This will happen. Multiple touchdowns? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There'll be some somebody else throws two TDs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Late in the season? Have you seen the schedule? Yes, I have seen the schedule, yeah. but, like, multiple touchdowns. Bo Hodge is a runner, so I could see, like, being responsible for multiple UNLV touchdowns. UNLV and UMass. Fresno State, San Jose State. Someone's coming in throwing. Multiple. Yeah. Oh, yeah, see, I don't know about It didn't throwing. say in a game. It said this season. I know. I'm so you could have I don't one know, against I don't know about one throwing UMass. because I think the backup's going to be Bo Hodge, and he's really good with his legs. So I, I, he'll be responsible for multiple touchdowns, but I don't know about throwing. 
I'll say 50%. The back, we can't have a backup who throws multiple TD passes? I didn't say that. I'm just saying I don't feel that confident that it's going to be the situation there. That says a lot about what you think of the backup. Well, Bo's a better runner than he is a passer right now. Until I see Wrong otherwise. Offense. Until I see otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I know. Oh, shoot. His skill set does not fit the offense then. That's what you're saying. Because this is not an offense for a runner, running quarterback. Until I see otherwise, that's what I have to go off right now. Not good. Number three. What's the chance Eric Mika hoops it up in the G League this season? I'll go 50%. I, I'm not sure. Like, I think he will, but he had a, he had a poor showing in the summer league. He did not get a lot of run. There's a reason they didn't play him in their minds. Although we think he's good enough to play in the G League, I hope to see him in the G League. If he's not, that's too bad because not often does a guy go to Europe and then comes back and plays in the NBA. It's normally NBA-ish and then you go to Europe. There are a lot of spots in the G League. 75% Eric Mika is somewhere on a G League roster. He was a top 80 prospect in the NBA draft. There's a spot for him somewhere. He wasn't in top the G 80 league. prospect in the summer league. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like there are there are enough spots to cater to 120 guys coming out of college that were eligible for the draft. So we are to probably hope that his summer league is ignored because if the draft was any, he's obviously he wasn't drafted, so not good enough to play in the league right away. He's good enough to play in the G League, which is why I think 75, 80 percent. He was barely good enough to play in the summer league. That's the concern here. I think he'll play in the G League, too. fit. Like, there will be a better fit for him somewhere in the G League. We hope. We, that was Jimmer's career. Fit, fit, fit. Never worked out. I'm telling you this. It wasn't about fit. Number four. What's the chance Chad Lewis brings something back from his trip to Ghana? Zero percent. We didn't ask him before. <laughs> you don't Not think happening. Chad on his own accord would bring us something back to Studio B from Ghana? He would had we asked. But it probably wasn't on his radar. So now he'd have to give us something that he was going to keep or give to someone else. How cool is that that Chad Lewis got to be with Ziggy Ansah during that football camp in his home country? Oh, so cool. And there was a huge turnout, some really fun pictures that came out over the weekend to to see Ziggy in front of uh, his country folk. Really cool. And Chad, there were 500 kids in the school, and Chad Lewis threw like this 30-yard bomb in the school up to the stage. And I can't remember if a kid caught it or if Ziggy caught it, uh, but – Quite a moment, right? And Chad texted us. He's like, hey, I'm going to Ghana. You know, we're like, no, that's, that's so cool, dude. That's and then fantastic. you said, take us with you. And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen as well. So he ain't giving us anything. Ian Rappaport, NFL columnist, was also there. Like, pretty cool stuff for Ziggy to be able to do that. Up next did on you know BYU he Sports could put on pads? Oh, wait, what? Got to what? Did you know that? We're going to whip it next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, helping us open our position group discussion with the quarterbacks. How confident are you in the BYU backups? The guys behind Tanner Mangum, the group as a whole, what do you think? Use the hashtag BYUSN to join our conversation, not just during the show, but 24-7. And if you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Fred Warner's one of 51 players on the Butkus Award Watch list, given to the nation's best linebacker. Cougars in the NBA. Eric Mika scored seven points, had eight rebounds in 17 minutes during the Miami Heat's final summer league game on Saturday. Jen Hampson, two rebounds in an Indiana FIFA 
Charlotte lost to the Washington Mystics on Friday. The Hampson and the Fever will face the Hampton. <laughs> will face the LA Sparks tonight at Staples Center. Cougars in the major I leagues. Want, I want you to keep doing that. The Hampson and the Fever. Sounds like a band name. Dave Matthews. It's good. Jacob Brugman goes two for four with two runs batted in for the Oakland A's and a seven to three victory over the Cleveland Indians yesterday. Attaboy, Bruggy. Golf. Kelton uh, Hirsch wins the Utah State Am- Amateur, making him the 20th BYU golfer to win the event, third BYU golfer to win in a row. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished tied for 12th at the John Deere <laughs> Classic. Summerhays was 13 under par, currently ranked 121st in the FedEx Cup standings. Cougars in the minors. He's on the fringe, man. He's on the fringe. Oh, no. Colton Shaver of the Greenville Astros went one four Saturday with a homer and a 9-6 loss to the Elizabethton Twins. Brennan Lund, 3-for-6 with two RBI for the Inland Empire 66ers during an 8-to-5 victory over the Modesto Nuts. That's a uh, Mariners affiliate. And Jacob Hanneman, one for foul and a 5 foul Iowa Cubs loss versus the Colorado Springs Skyhawks. Taylor Cole of the Dunedin Blue Jays pitched two innings, striking out one and a 4-3 to three win over the Brandonton Marauders. Baseball. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> King Craigland went three for four. Daniel Schneeman won for two for a, a St. Cloud Rocks win over the Hampsons. Just kidding. Over the Wilmarsh Stringers yesterday. D.C. Clausen one for three with an RBI and a Santa Barbara Foresters win over the San Francisco Seals. Foresters? On Saturday. Volleyball. Alohi Robbins Hardy in the U.S. College national team win the European Global Challenge 3 nothing. They beat the Mountain West Conference team. Sports. The Cougarettes. Sports. Won in the hip-hop category of the World Dance Movement yeah, Championship baby. on Saturday. Woo! Fantastic video tweeted out by Liz Darger. This competition features teams from over 25 countries held in Castellana Grat, Italy. Did I say that right, Eric Mika? Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Congrats. Bringing home a championship from Europe. Well done. And Tanner Mangum's uh, younger brother, Madison. Younger no, sister. O- no, older brother. Older Madison. brother, yes. Madison. is playing football in Germany. And he was hanging out there with... Uh, the Cougarettes, like, on a bike ride. He snapped it. He's like, I'm on a bike ride with the Cougarettes in Munich. <laughs> Pretty random and awesome. How would you best describe your confidence level in the BYU quarterback situation? Our elite tweet of the day. you got to read as vanilla ice. Yeah, okay. Ice, baby. Deadly. I can't do it. Deadly do it. when do he it. plays a Hail Mary. Anything less than the best is a felony. If there's a problem, yo, he'll solve it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, for Jeremiah Spencer, check out the audio podcast number of ways. Shout out to Steve Dangerfield. Vanilla Ice, hip-hop championships, BYU, baby.